This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Is the tea part of the game? What's going on here, right? What's in the tea? What's- I don't like this place. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. Welcome to this week's Casually Hardcore. I'm Grail. I'm Vindy. And I'm Daxa. We are talking about PAX. We just got back from PAX West, which occurred over Labor Day weekend. We were there for an abbreviated trip this year because <laughs> of schedules and schools and jobs and everything else. Life. But we did get to be there for the four days of the actual con and checked out a bunch of stuff. So in this first part, we're going to be talking about some of the favorite games we saw. Uh, we're going to be looking at a studio, actually, that put up a trio of games called Orpheus. And then we're going to talk about Darksiders 3, mainly because uh, some of Indy's favorite cosplayers were there and employed by THQ at the Darksiders 3 booth. But I'm also a big fan of the series, so I can definitely uh, chime in on the game. <laughs> and then lastly, we're going to talk about Meow Wars, which is a uh, card game that Daxa and Mindy played that they really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, we'll see uh, how long all that takes and then go from there. We might add some more stuff. <laughs> we might re-record this intro. You never know. You it's, never know with us. Or yeah. we'll just leave it alone. Yes. So anyways, let's start with Orpheus, which is, I'm only reading half of their title. It's Orpheus Self-Care Entertainment. Yeah. Yes, so this was quite the experience. I thought their little trio of um, games were very interesting. They were up in the the sixth floor, and when you first come into it, the first thing you see is the tent, right? So there's this tent, and obviously there's it's different. It cultivates an experience. It it does cultivate (laughs) an experience. You go by it, you look inside the tent, and there's people sitting on pillows on the floor having tea. Like a straight-up Japanese tea ceremony. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Flat out. So you're like, huh, is the tea part of the game? What's going on here, right? What's in the tea? What's yeah. in the tea? required to play the game? Right, exactly. right. We well, were in Seattle. <laughs> that's true. And then you look at the you look at some of the people that they're you know they're laying down in above one above one of them is a huge dome and it's got all these crazy kaleidoscopes. So I'm like, okay, the tea is definitely part of the game. <laughs> the tea wasn't a part of the game, <laughs> but it was a nice add on because it was a very long demo. It was a 10 minute long demo for the for one of their games, which was the Sound Self game, and that's the, why the VR part was 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We'll get to our experience yeah. later. It yes. did not feel like 10 minutes. I must have blacked out. <laughs> it was the tease. Due to fear, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the important thing to say is all three of the games we were demoing were VR-based, uh, which, I mean, I think it yeah, obviously saw a soar in popularity the last couple of years. From what I could tell, it seems to be coming down a little bit, but this was one of the more interesting uses of VR that I've seen 
uh, that it would actually go, okay, I could see having this in my house. It was definitely something different. Yeah. It, the, their personal mission statement says that they provide an experience designed to harness the power of mindfulness, Ooh. which I don't know any other video game. It's talking about your video game experience and right. like your your mental conditioning. Your mental yeah. health. Yeah, it, it was the craziest theory. And actually, while we were there... There, one of the devs actually got up because they were introducing him to somebody else, and it was a doctor of psychology. Apparently, he was a very well-known doctor of, of psychology mm. who came to talk to one of the devs while we were sitting waiting to play the game. Oh wow! It was very cool. Yeah, it seemed like they wanted to, like they were just introduced. Yeah. Yes, it seemed like they were trying. They to wanting to collaborate. Yeah. I heard yeah. something about collaboration, yeah. so we'll see if that's actually oh, real yeah. or what happens. I mean, this but- thing is meant to be like part of a scientific study is, and like yeah. really to see what the the benefits are because it i mean i think they're going in with a sound theory but this is at least as far as i know first time this type of stuff has been done where they're really combining the visual elements with vr uh sound elements incorporating your voice and trying to create an experience that is relaxing and i guess rejuvenating meditating it's, yeah. yeah it is a voice yeah activated meditation basically and it's all based on your voice and the and actually you're breathing more than actually mm-hmm. than your voice because you're not really saying anything you're just kind of making ex, exhalation sounds so when you exhale you you're making a noise and that translates whatever you're doing translates into the visuals and into the bed because the bed also vibrated according to whatever noise you were making. It was very tonal based. Very tonal yeah. based. And it was very different for everybody. And we we yes. we had we all had very different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I think Daxa and I had particularly differing experience. We did it at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had the same ten minutes where we were immersed in complete meditative state. Yeah. And then we emerged, and Daxa was excited about her experience, and I was mildly terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will admit, though, the the point of the experience, as somebody that, like, I have trouble focusing mm-hmm. on things and really sitting down, and that's why meditation is difficult for me. It, it gave you almost a visual stimulus to focus right. on. And it really, like, you just, you, they, they wanted you to inhale, and on your exhale, they wanted you to just make a continuous tone noise with your voice. Mm-hmm. And that was what kind of manipulated the environment that you were seeing. But something about being able to focus on the visuals, yeah. or, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was, it's genius, apparently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it was really able to, I was able to completely keep my breathing going for 10 minutes. Apparently, I had no idea it was ten minutes. Yep, ten minutes. <laughs> no yeah, idea. it's a big yeah. That correlation between your breathing and the exhaling tone, changing the shapes. That's really you get become so focused on that that you don't like because I've done meditation where you're just doing the breathing and my mind always starts it's to just wander. Gone, right? It just wanders off of my counts and I and I don't pay attention. But that visual thing, like all I cared about was 
what am I going to do for my next stone out? Yeah. And what's, let's see what change that makes. That's all I care. That's the only play I was doing the entire time. It was the, that's yeah. the video game. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. cool is that? It, yeah, it was really yeah. neat. What a cool crossover. And as also mentioned, like when you're doing this one specifically, they had a, a bed set out for mm. us. Now, this isn't part of the game, but it even vibrated oh, some. God, yeah. I don't know if you need that to actually get the full experience, yeah, it was but it was nice. It, it did vibrate depending on your tone, though. Yeah, I know. So it was that cool. Was really cool. It's like having one of those yeah. like force feedback chairs. Yes, I'm sure. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There was just there's so much going on. Maybe that was part of the overstimulation. Yeah, there's too much vibration. I just like, <laughs> get me off this ship. Oh, like, space. Well, everywhere well, I look, there's just balls. There's well, so many balls. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, we had a friend watching both of us, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, your guys's visuals were completely right. different. Yeah. Not even close." Yeah, I think I had some. Uh, our friend described my experience as a kaleidoscope yeah. sort yes. of effect with spherical objects. That's where the balls oh. come right. Right. <laughs> coming from. There's just so many spheres. It was almost a little overwhelming. And they were moving almost as if you were breathing. So mm-hmm. it, I guess that was kind of the scary part. It was almost, it reminded me of Tomb Raider 1, which is also kind of odd. But it just was very like... Hmm alive mm-hmm. I, something about it was so it alive. was definitely alive it was a yes creepy. yeah so yeah so yours was creepy and then mine mine was mostly trees and like these flowy yeah. graphics and more like an ocean wave most of the time that would like get bigger when i exhaled and when i started running out of air it would get smaller so mine was completely different. When I got up from there, I was so relaxed. I could have just fallen asleep right oh, there and then. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely yeah. like my breathing and I could feel like less tense from it for sure. I think it has a lot to do because we were talking about how it changes based off of your tone. Right. Like maybe I just suck. Like, <laughs> maybe I was just making the wrong tones, like, yeah. which is completely. Yeah. I, it is interesting how I would love to experience mm-hmm. it again. And change the tones yep. and see what different experience I have with it. Yeah. Which is, again, like what this bridge between playing this quote unquote game, right. but then getting these beneficial, like mm-hmm. meditative sessions out yeah. of it is just really interesting. Yes, it was really, I, I loved it. I, it was a great experience. Yeah. What was your visuals like, girl? As I recall, I mean, I remember going up through the tree, but everybody goes through the tree when you're first. So it's like you're scaling upward towards a light at the top of the tree and it kind of calibrates you. So you'll have like Mm -hmm. a circle and you you do your exhale tone. The circle fills up with light and then you progress upward. And so you did that as just kind of, I think, just to get your breathing and rhythm. Yeah. And then eventually. And the length. And the length. And then you kind of shoot off the tree and as i recall mine had a lot of like green and white light and my green would kind of go out mm-hmm. as a sphere and then come back in based on my exhales oh, breathing and yeah. stuff but my but my experience was the next day and like i said for me it was a little distracting because i'm guessing from the con because there was never a time where there wasn't somebody in yeah. that bed oh my gosh going yeah. through this so by the time I got on there, I had a lot of crackling in my headset. So that took me out of the moment a little bit. And plus, there was also a couple of times where the whole thing lagged. Yeah. Um, and that also, also yeah. took me out of it a little bit. But again, this is kind of like demo, dev mm. build, prototype. So I forgive that. I would assume that that would be gone in the, the, the release. 
But overall, I found it like for me, the most interesting thing, I did change my tone. I went high, I went yeah. low, and it did create different effects, which was cool. Um, the main thing, though, I got was if I just did my normal, just straight voice tone, like when it reverbed back to me, it was so deep. It was just like this. <laughs> it was, like I mentioned, it, it is a scene in Blade, the new Blade Runner that it reminds me of. It kind of reminded me of. Uh, the the Hans Zimmer like Inception when he goes to the falling down city and it's just that boom like that's what was hitting my ears every time my tone went off but it wasn't like scary but it was definitely like oh wow. we're in a moment here <laughs> you know, I, did you see before when you were laying down and you were getting prepared yeah. did you see that the game had crashed yes. right yes. before too yes. and again this has nothing to do with no. the the greatness of the game it was literally like grail said yeah. it was non-stop people yes. from like 10 to 8 like with people in right. line and it's an early time. build and it was early build yeah. so i wonder if that had something to do maybe that affected your audio I believe so. Well. I mean, I could see, you know, the headset's just constantly getting put on and off. That can cause problems. I think the lag was probably due to just the build, because there was a couple times where you could tell it was loading. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't even know what they were running it off of. It may have just been a laptop. It Who was knows? totally just, so, just a laptop. Obviously, beefier gear, yeah. mm-hmm. better, you know, them have more time to refine the code. You got a lot of chances. But the exciting thing is, is they are actually planning on every major... Uh, VR platform they're planning on releasing it on. So it was going to be on the Oculus, the, the HTC Vive, as well as the Sony PlayStation's headset, which is um, probably the most interesting one for me because I don't, I still can't justify $600 or whatever it is for the Vive. For the Vive. Yeah. Even though the Vive is cool and has some neat things, it's, it's just, still a lot of money. It's a lot of money, yeah. and it would have to be in this room that we're in right oh, now because know. it goes to you your, computer. To your computer. And this is tiny. My PlayStation is out there in a big open room, <laughs> and so with a big TV and a couch that yeah. I can lay on and just be ready to go. Like I'm a, that if it comes out would really make a strong case for me to pick up a VR headset. Yes. You know where you could, oh my goodness, hmm. what about the massage chair? Oh my god. Oh, oh wow. I just had like an opinion. Wow. Can you imagine that oh, dome with the massage chair? Oh my gosh. That might get scary. Oh. oh. And when it like starts clenching on, you know, it yeah. like they have a big like think Brookstone massage chair and like <laughs> clenching on your calf muscles. Oh yeah. yeah. Surrounded by so many balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like you you, pr- you kind of need like uh, a guide with you, yeah, just to keep right. you from like completely freaking out <laughs> and like help you get back to the. Because I mean, alone, I got a feeling like you it'd start moving on you, it's and it would much. it'd be like, wait a second, what is touching me? I don't <laughs> get that. It'd be way too much. Oh my god! But that was cool. Their other yes. one that. Daxa was able to try out, we all saw, uh-huh. was they actually have one that's more more what I would consider a normal use of VR, but Correct. it's a dance-ish type, like rhythm game. It's a rhythm-based game. Rhythm-based mm-hmm. game where things are coming towards you, and but it's really meant to have you dance. And so you're moving your arms and your body in a way that could mimic dance motions, or you could just be flailing at it's it. It's really I, just I for physical a, health. Yeah, it's just to yeah. get you moving, really. Pretty much. And so it's their, one of their devs mentioned he lost a lot of weight just mm-hmm. playing this game uh, because it's I a lot of that. fun. I can see that it's happening. It's addictive. 
But Dax said it was a five-minute demo, and you felt pretty pretty uh, worked out. (laughs) Exhausted after that. It was a ton of fun. It's called Rave Runner. Mm -hmm. Yes, Rave Runner. And one of your hands was orange, and the other one was purple. So your right was orange, your left was purple, and you just had to touch wherever the orange ball or line happened to be or, or light happened to be at the time. So they mixed it up. Sometimes the orange was on your left. It was below you. It was in the middle. Sometimes you, it was a continuous line. So you had to kind of go up and down. But you also had barriers that you had to dodge. So you were like constantly crouching or going yeah. to the side. And it was... I saw one of the devs play it, and she was amazing at it. She was dancing she the was whole time. She was <laughs> dancing the whole time. Okay, I didn't move my feet once because yeah. I was afraid I was going to crash into the wall. I'm that yeah. person yeah. that will, like, flail all over the place and crash into the wall. So I didn't move my feet, but I was definitely moving the rest of my body. Yeah. And it was, I left there, and I was like, whoa, I feel like I just ran, like, two miles. Just a, an mm-hmm. aside, too. What is that game that they have for VR where you have, like, the lightsabers and you have to oh, the boxes? Yes. Yeah. It's, similar it's similar in concept to that game. But something about this one was, I feel like it was almost more fluid, I yes. think. And it was, again, the one of the yeah. devs kind of described it to us as they trick you into right. dancing. They trick you yes. into moving around. And it's a, it's a similar concept to the Destroy the Box game. But they... It seems like both this one moves more of you. Yeah. Like, this is an, a full-body experience. It well, is pretty. It felt like, that the, at least the way the targets were coming, you were more forced to go wide with your, yeah. your yes. arms. Yes. So yes. your arms were much more wide than the lightsaber game, where they tend to just keep them right in front of Very you. And you're just doing yes. little motions to, to hit the things in the yeah. right direction. Yeah. This had you doing really big, sweeping yeah. motions. Uh-huh. And then the ducking portion as well. So it really... I think moved you more. It you know, it's like VR versus somebody using a Wii remote. Yeah. It's that type of comparison. Yes. I think it's just interesting to like if you're interested in that that game that I just mentioned, like it this would definitely be a really cool next step or another game that you would be interested in trying for sure. And especially since this company is so about like self care, it kind of just escalates it to more it's a workout it yeah. is definitely it work out. Workout. They, workout they chose yeah. some great music so you're really into the music yeah. when you're doing it and you're really wanting to be very fluid and you're right it does trick you into being fluid with the way that they make the the gameplay it's it was a blast i loved yeah. it i definitely could see myself playing that if it wasn't for the fact that it's like nine hundred dollars really yeah. if yeah. you want the wireless yeah. Yeah. right the right intent. which is should be out this month i believe the yeah. wireless portion of it but still, it's yeah, it's it's, it's a, lot it's of a hefty investment. I mean, the hope is is that as VR keeps getting uh, keeps going along, it'll yeah. become more affordable. And like I said, it just again, it, it makes a strong case for if it comes out on PlayStation to be the P- PS VR set because there's just so much more room around where that is, and there's and it's less expensive. It's a way less expensive. So it's. It's something, though, but if you already have one of the other headsets, then I would definitely suggest uh, keeping your eye out on it. Uh, I know they were planning, when we asked them when it was going to release, I'm pretty sure they said within the next year. So, within the next 12 months. How do you think, uh, what do you think about the the playability, Dax? Like, picking it up and just playing it, was it easy? It was very easy. It was just simple? Yeah, it was very easy. They didn't even tell you anything. They just said, just make sure you're, you're... Correct color area hits the correct color. 
ball or or line or whatever and yep. they, that was it that's all i got and then you just did it was yeah. it finicky to hit the certain it was areas? not it, it was wasn't it finicky at all good. it was very easy um and you can tell you can absolutely tell when you miss things because you're like oh my god that was like mid body and i was really high on that yeah. one so you can tell when you're missing things and you just I think you need to get used to it. The, m- the more you get used to it, the more fluid you'll be because you're a little jerky at first because you're yeah. like, oh, here, there, oh, there, yeah. here. But I I feel like the more you play it, the smoother your movements yeah. will get. But yeah, it was definitely easy to pick up and just play. I like that, that it's something mm-hmm. that doesn't, it's not going to punish you. No. <laughs> like a millimeter difference. Yeah. Or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, I think that also lends itself a little bit to the, the, the idea of self-care. And it's really just kind of tra- tricking you into exercising. Pretty much. much. It's really what it comes yeah. down to. Because there was no, like, you didn't, you can't fail out of it or anything. So it was yeah. very much like, like just do what you can do. Yeah. Although, I'm going to tell you, score. I'm going to tell you, though, the scores that people got were awesome. <laughs> really? Because they would say things like, um, awesomely okay. Mediocrity. <laughs> huh? Mediocrity. Mediocrity. So all of them were like, although mine wasn't. Yeah. Mine was uh, very good or something like that. Mine wasn't. Mine didn't have the, the mediocre the one at the end. The with faint praise. But yes, I was like, awesomely okay. And I was like, uh, wonderfully meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I did get a video of somebody yes. playing some of that. And in addition to the Rave Runner video, I have video of the, the first game that we talked about, Sound Self. I yes, have a video sound self of Grail's experience in the nice. sound self contraption. Yeah, so. so we should put that up yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. see what yeah. that looks Close like. It out there. But it was definitely a ton of fun. It yeah. was. We unfortunately did not get a chance to play their third game, no. which was Microdose. But we did watch a few people. Yeah, play we did, it, and I did get video of people playing it. It seemed very similar to some of the art creators mm-hmm. in in the vibe. Like the vibe, yeah, yeah. Yes. HTC yeah. vibe. That yeah. was one of their big, I think native ones that yeah. came with it yeah yeah but this seemed to be it seemed to be more of like painting with shapes mm-hmm. and geometric ge- it seemed to be painting more with like geometrical 3d thing yes whereas like i think the vive one was more about drawing, drawing. right in yes 3D space. correct so the experience that we saw some of these people playing it again we didn't do it yeah. ourselves but they were really painting it's almost like a like a bottle of glitter yeah, yeah pretty much right yeah like in a 3d space like, like they give you a silly string yeah. and yeah. go for yeah. it yeah. Like it just shot out of their wands that they were yeah. using just non-stop it was um, very trippy. i saw a lot of kids playing. a lot of yeah. young yeah. children yeah. playing yeah. it they yes they really were really involved. really into it too yeah. they would like scoot down and do things on the floor and yeah it was really interesting to watch all the children play yeah. it seemed like it would be a good like to teach kids, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like what a creative thing yep. to give your child and just be like, have at it, like go yep. paint in this virtual space. Like it seems like a great idea, to a great outlet. Cre- yeah, yeah. Like to foster creativity in a non-destructive yeah. way. Don't paint on my walls here. Put this VR thing on. Yep. Go into cyberspace. Yeah, paint exactly. There. Paint there. <laughs> you can paint whatever you want. And at the same time, they are like, well, it's a video game. They are moving. They are around. moving at least. Yes. Yeah. So there is like. Uh, there's not as much of a stigma around them, like say yeah. just playing Minecraft. Um, we can stick them in Rave Runner first. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and then you chill them out, and then you, and, uh, yeah. yeah, right before bed you put them in Sound Cell. Yep. Yeah, and yep. they just go right out. Perfect. <laughs> VR parenting. 
Yeah. There you go. Oh. Awesome. That's what the bundle's called. Ah, VR parenting. The VR oh, parenting yes. bundle. Oh, man. They just need to insert, like, a cooking program in there to teach them how to make their cereal and stuff. And we're good. Boom. Done. Man, I really wanted to try this one, too. It's a bummer that we didn't. Yeah. This is the one out of the three that I wanted to try the yes. most. Uh, I know. Bummer. Yeah. Which is a bummer, but... Yeah. But there was always... I mean, the line wasn't big, but there was really only spots for, like, seven people per yeah. game. For- and it took... Because the the demonstrations were so long, it really was a long line. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, especially the meditative one, because yeah. you had to go through the tea experience. Yes, you have to go through the tea experience for that. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to. You can just sit in there like yeah. I did. <laughs> but they still have, it like, was neat. the line. Yeah. I mean, it was a really cool, relaxing interaction. Yeah. And the the tea experience, the sound self one was, um, you there was no line, no order. You just had to remember who was before you and who was after you. Right. But it also helped you kind of talk to people. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. You had to figure out who yeah. was there right yes. before you. So it kind of helped foster a little tiny, mm-hmm. like little tiny uh-huh. community in there. Like I mean, we talked to some people when we were sitting down waiting, and everybody was really chill. Yes. And it was also nice. I'm very into Japanese culture, so it was very, very cool to see um, one of the developers is very, very into, into it. Yes. Yeah, and yep. he knows all the steps, and it was fantastic to kind of see him work because it's just relaxing mm-hmm. and slow and very step by step processes. Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing was really whoever engineered that their little the experience. You know, yeah. The, yes. Experience like. It was Great a really well put together booth that had a lot of things that complemented each other. Yeah. And yeah, you don't see that often. No. Especially you don't see that often when it's the smaller devs that do it. So yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. So Thumbs Orpheus, up on all three of your games. Yeah. Take a look for it. Uh, so the next one we want to talk about was Darksiders 3. Uh, the exciting thing here. A, if you're a Darksiders fan, as they've made a third game, especially <laughs> when, um, God, what was the company that used to own that IP? There was so, Darksiders was with a company that went out of business and thankfully got picked up by another company in terms of continuing to develop. However, this is the third iteration you're playing as Fury, um, which is one of the horsemen of the apocalypse, and she has a giant whip thing, and it's an, it's an adventure game in the vein of God of War or Zelda or whatever else, you know, any of those types of games. But the really neat thing for their booth, which was a pretty impressive size booth, was they had professional or cosplayers that are very popular. They're professional. They're professional. Yeah, they're they're professional, but they hired them in then. But yes. these, uh, the, the thing that I liked the best about them is that these professional cosplayers also make all their own stuff yes which is really cool they do yes i'm not sure if all of them i don't know but at least a couple of them but at very least i know that i i'm i follow the wig maker that made all the the fury wigs that's baka b-a-k-k-a underscore cosplay i think on instagram and my favorite cosplayer was lightning cosplay she's a cosplayer Mm. from germany and her and her boyfriend or partner ralph um they, yeah. They're from Germany, and I mean, I never thought I would ever meet them, God forbid. Like, right. what a cool little thing. So I think, e- even though Grail has... Dax and I are very into games about angels and lore, yes. and Grail has told us about this game before, and yep. Dax and I... Constantly! Promptly just 
completely ignored him. And then, <laughs> you know, I finally have a cosplayer that, like, was hired by THQ. And now I'm, like, super into this. Yeah. I'm, like, fully invested. Like, I want to play this game. I want to yeah. buy it. But as a cosplayer myself, I just think it's fantastic. Like, hire more cosplayers right? yeah. to promote your game. Yeah. Right. They looked amazing. Cool. They, they came out looking. I know we got plenty of pictures of them. But she, uh, the person you mentioned, she was dressed as lightning. Was lightning cosplay was yeah, as fury? Was but fury the purple haired fury? Right. There was also another cosplayer that I don't remember her Instagram, but she was dressed as Uriel the yes. angel. Yes. Yes. <gasps> it was so cool. It was the coolest thing yeah, ever. Super bright wings. So amazing. Um, and then her boyfriend or significant other Ralph was dressed as Death yeah. from uh, Darksiders Two, and he and looked amazing. He looked yeah. fantastic. Oh, Oh they had another gentleman there that was dressed as War from Darksiders One. Uh, I feel like there's one other gal that I like can't a, remember. There was there was multiple Furies. versions of Fury. So I, yeah. I don't know that much about Darksiders. Right. I don't know, but there was like a white haired Fury, a yellow haired Fury, a purple, and a red. I think there were a lot. There of was Furies. a lot of Furies. So yeah. I assume that comes they all from had their the game somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean she's the main character of this game. Yes, so. yeah, and okay. she, I never played the second one actually, so I can't yeah. tell you if she was featured or like shown it all in there. As far as I know. This was just revealed, and then she's the main character for this iteration of it. Um, well, one of the things we've always liked about PAX is PAX doesn't have booth babes. Right. Yes. So there's no booth babes yes. in PAX. The first time I saw that we went, and they were like, hey, look at our booth babes. And it was GOG, remember? Yeah, good old games. Good old games. And they had grandmas, not not ladies dressed as grandmas, actual grandmas nice. baking cookies. cookies. Oh that was God. their booth babes. Yep. That's okay. awesome. And it was like an old school, like study, yeah, old world study, oven a little and oven. They, it was great. And that was cookies. their booth babes. Yep. So the fact that they actually had cosplayers, yeah. professional cosplayers, that's what I like. Yeah. I like that they have to be involved in the game somehow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just have someone who's gorgeous just sit there and not know a thing about the game. No. Yeah. So These I, were fantastic. They yeah. were amazing. And I mean, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussion, especially within the various game communities around... Um, you know, the, the way they portray women, that they're often mm -hmm. in very skimpy outfits. So kudos also to the THQ dev team. Like, Fury's in a full suit, like, oh, ready to rock and yeah. roll. Yeah. Like, these were not, like, just throwing a bikini and you're now in my wig and you're yeah. Fury. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on in these costumes. They had tons they had of full armor. things, yeah. full armor. Like, everybody, both on the, the female and male side, like, were just to the Love nine. It. And so that was, that's excellent. Uh, you know, good job. Of them, and the series itself is a blast. Like I really love Darksiders One. I know Two changed the style a little bit, but I don't know. I'll have to play it. You can get both of them. They re-released as remastered definitive editions, so you can get. I think Humble Store right now has their sale, so you can get the first one for like two bucks or yeah. three bucks. Oh wow! Yeah. And then the second one. I think was actually in last month's Humble Bundle, like the definitive edition was in there. So it's another one you can keep an eye out for. It's usually like $10 or less if you, you, know, you catch it on sale. So if you want to catch up with the series and be ready for when the third one comes out, uh, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, it was very, it reminded me very much of a God of War yes. style game. That's really, and I mean, I picked it up again. Yeah. I've never played one or two and I picked it up as the demo at PAX yep. and was, 
Doing fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best, but I was doing okay. Yeah. And it was interesting. They they have a lot. The demo, at least, had a lot of utility behind her her weapon mm-hmm. and incorporation of that in the environment. It was all really cool. Yeah. I was having a good experience with it. Yeah, it's a good story. I mean, it was a demo. It's definitely still yeah. under development. Um, there was some some graphical like clipping issues yeah. that I noticed, but. Again, I don't think it's slated for... I'll, I'll have to take a look, but I know it's not coming out like next week or anything. Yeah. So they still have time to fix that. The story, the voice acting sounded great. Um, I like the voice they got for Fury. She seemed pretty pretty good. So it comes out November 27th. November 27th. So they got a couple months. They got a little while. Yeah. So that's good. And yeah, it, it, it was fun. I mean, it's definitely a game I'll keep an eye on because I think the, the whole series and, you know, what other series can you play as a horseman of the apocalypse? So cool. That's so, so neat. It kind of sets the bar right there. Like, you're not dealing with puds anymore. You're going <laughs> to deal with some serious stuff. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Oh, man. And then... No minions for us. Go straight to the, yeah, the no, big guys. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with that. That was like our big booth experience. Yeah. Though. That was so big. And then I think it was... Was it last year? That was the year that we played Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. yes. They also yes. had a cosplayer that was dressed yes. as a cowboy. So was good. So yeah. good. And actually, I... You know, since we're on the cosplay bent, <laughs> um, the person they had promoting for Shadow of the Tomb Raider oh, was yes. spot on. Yeah. Like, just incredible. Yes. I thought that was really cute. Because yeah. they had a cute little quest with yeah, it. Yeah, you, you got like a little, you went to the Tomb Raider th- 3, to the, 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 the new Shadow of the Raider. Tomb Raider, yeah. but yes, the but third one. Yeah. They gave you a little book and it had half of a dagger. And then they said, oh, Laura, we have a yeah. cosplayer dressed up as Laura and she's wandering around the convention. If you find her, she has the other half of the dagger. And then you take a picture and you tweet it with, ha- you know, right. hashtag tag everybody in the world, Tomb yeah. Raider related. But it, it, like a cool little that was really cute. Yeah, and she was really nice, and she had her like handler with uh-huh. her as like somebody to cosplay. So you always have to have a handler, handler like, absolutely. Right. So it was really cute that he was like following her yeah. around. Like yeah. it's just a cool. And she looked amazing. Yeah, so I think good. that was she the thing was that got so me because I remember when they first were telling you about it and you told me I was like, well, there's probably going to be a lot of people dressed as Laura yeah, Croft. But well, you see her, you're like. That's, that's the, the one. one. Yeah. That's what exactly yeah. what happened. Too, yeah. Is we saw two Laura Crofts talking yeah. to each other and we're like, that that's one is the, looks really is good. Is the professional. <laughs> yeah. Like the other one looked great, but this was to another level. Yeah, like, this yes. was professional yeah. cosplayer. Yeah. Yes. So that was really cool. Uh, now I want to move on to the game that you guys checked out in the <laughs> indie mega booth, which was Meow Wars. Meow Wars. Meow Wars. Yeah. yeah, so um, Vindy and I don't really care for card games all that much. <laughs> yeah, I can't get into this. We're so awful yeah, at it. I'm, I just there's too much going on. Yes, there's just too much. There is way too much going on. So we were walking the 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 indie mega, yep. and um, walking around, and I love to see all the games because those are my favorite games in the indie mega booth. I always find some really good gems in that one. So we're walking around, and then. They're, they're like, oh, you should see this. And the graphics are really cute. And they're these cats. And I love cats, even though I'm deathly allergic to cats. <laughs> but I love them. And they were like spy cats. And they had all these weird cards like catnip. And just these. Cat. Yeah. And these funny a litter box. Just funny, funny little cards. So we started talking to the devs. And they're like, hey, do you want to play? So we played it. And we won, which was cool. But it was so simple. Yes. It was the most simple card game. So <laughs> if you want to get into card games and you're like, 
overwhelmed by them. I think this is a good like um, gateway Step card game for right. you know, to get into the hardcore card games. Yeah. And I mean, because this is a con where uh, Valve was there showing off Artifact, oh, which is right. their new card game. Which, oh my gosh. It had a lot going on. There was for too sure. Much going on. For sure. Yeah. But this is really simple. Yeah. This is a three cards on top, three it, cards on bottom. Yep. It was very simple. And you just, like, what the top where your health and your the damage? Yes. Yeah, so one side of it is, is how. Yes, how what your damage is going to yeah. be, and the other side is your health. Okay, and you can add things to make your health, just like any card game. You know, you've got things that give you armor. You've got things that make your health bigger. You've got things that distract, so they go somewhere else. So you've got a lot of things like that. But there's only three of them, so right. it's so much easier Man to play. And, yeah. it's, and it's, I think it's out now on Steam, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I know they had it, I think, demoing it on tablets, so it's definitely going to be a mobile yes, game yes, as well, yes. which it seemed meant for. I mean, it Absolutely. seems like a type of game that's perfect for that. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, especially because, yeah, I know you guys are both avowed, like, never to play a card, card game card ever. Game, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah, so I could believe when you guys, like, were still at that booth, like, I checked back and you guys were still playing. So obviously. <laughs> You know, if you don't like card games, this is the card game for you. And it was cute. I think yeah. that the you know the cards were cute and they really drew you in and you're like, what does that do? It's a scratching poster. What do you do there? Yeah. And I thought they really drew you in with the art style and the and the quirkiness. And it's kinda like um West of Loathing where yeah. their art style and yeah. their their story, the funny bits of it drew right. you in. Yeah. It's the same thing with Meow Wars. So it was a lot of fun for a card game. Like I said, I don't care for card games. I will play them at PAX because it's a game and we should be playing the games, but I'm not a fan. This one was cool. Yeah, this yeah. one was manageable. This is something that you could pick up and have fun with, just like I'm sure people pick up the tablet and just have a fun Hearthstone game, whereas for us, it's a stressful experience. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's so happening. There's like 12 <laughs> cards on the board. So much. And then like little blue, like mana things. It was just too much. But this one, I, I, I agree that it was the art style and the cool cards that kind of drew us in. I think that they was... Were they saying that it was an artist from Australia yes. that did it? Yeah. And then they animated the drawings for the mm -hmm. game. So it's not just flat drawings in the game, but it's very unique. It looks mm -hmm. unique to yeah. that artist's style. And it's just a funny combination with these like really hardened looking mice and yeah. cats. And then like your funny scratching post card. Yeah, scratching or post or like cheese yeah. or, you know. So... It is available on iOS right now as mm. well, and it's available. You can check it out for uh, free, and it offers in-app purchases. So if you are yeah. interested, download it, give it a shot. I mean, it's worth uh, worth a try. Yeah, it was definitely fun. It was unique. I liked it. Yeah. it it's definitely a good starter game. Yeah, good intro card game. Yes. Something that's less overwhelming. Just yeah. Easy, fast, fun. All right, so we're trucking along. We got a little bit of time left, so I'm going to move on to the game that I was most probably caught, like the new game that I hadn't heard of that that caught my eye the most was uh, Disco Elysium, which oh, is yeah. a uh, detective story. I think is the sub subline for it. But right now, you can look at it. It's on Steam, uh, so you can put it on like a wish list or something like that. But it's not released yet. Uh, but this was a pretty hardcore role playing game. Um, Awesome art style. God, it kind of had this art. like watercolored, washed out art style. Uh -huh. And it has the three quarters perspective, like 
uh, more of the classic adventure games like King's Quest, Leader to Shoot, Larry, those type of things. Uh, but you're playing as a detective, but it's got a lot of surreal. Like for me, and I don't think either of you guys have seen the show, but the first season of True Detective is exactly the same feel I got from this game. Oh, yeah. like I can see that. It has, it's a hardcore detective game, but it has some really surreal and almost occult type things going on as well. And a lot of it has to do with you're in the mind of the protagonist that you create and you can choose, like, do you want them to be personable? Do you want them to be strong? Do you want them to notice clues? Like, had a huge list of uh, different abilities that you can level up and, and work through as you're working cases and just grab me. Like, it was hard to stop playing that. I was really into just keep going along because it's a lot of text, a lot of things you have to read through, but it was... You know, for me, it's like if you're putting a lot of text on the screen and I'm interested in reading it, you've done something right. Because yeah. usually I just skim and go, okay, I got the gist. I know. I of- hate that because I read every word and yeah. Grail's like, go, go. And I'm like, what? I, I haven't finished. Yeah. But this was so witty. It, it was, was witty it was, and weird. Yeah. It's just so odd that you had to read it because you're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Like, because when you first start off, you're just, you're like it's basically blacked out from drinking too much and you're, you're like naked. having all these weird thoughts yeah naked. once the screen comes on you're like naked and there's pants and i was sitting next to when vindy was playing i was like get the pants get, get the, the pants, pants. we <laughs> need them pants yes. put the pants on yeah but what i think the experience so i played it a little bit before grail yes. played it and the thing that i liked the most about it was it was almost i think in Skyrim, don't you have like um, traits where yes. it'll affect your your speech and you yeah. can coerce people? Yeah. I I don't know why I'm blanking on the games that allow <laughs> you to do that. Yeah, but it really it allowed you to have different skills that were like it, it persuasion was, yeah. skills. Yeah, it was like Fallout. Yeah, Fallout has a yes. lot of those. But imagine Fallout like where you're not shooting everybody and it's a lot of skill checks because yeah. yes. like just noticing things was a skill check or your ability to look at it and pick up an object and examine it or talk to people yeah. or visually see clues on people like it was really cool and like they even had archetypes when you first went in you can create your own character and build them however you want but they had like an archetype that was like Sherlock Holmes super noticed everything able to make connections horrible with people yeah yeah and then they yeah. had one that was like you know really strong buff but really gruff and a bit of an you know obviously i think every character is an alcoholic but <laughs> uh and then they had another type so you can really build very different types of detectives to go through the story which i love i think that's another you know thing that makes a replayability and b just gives you you can really make that character your own which it was a lot huge. of fun. It was fun to see the options. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, like, kind of with you two, yeah. with the engaging, like, wanting to read the text, yep. is when you're making these comments or talking to the people, like, and you're choosing to use some of these skills. Yeah. Like, you never knew what they were going to say or do. And it seems like the premise of the demo, mm-hmm. at least, was they really dropped you into a scenario where you really had no idea. Nope anything mm-hmm. at all so yeah. it really like facilitated and forced you to, to talk to people right and use those skills to then figure out like that was the premise of yeah the part that i was playing i it, don't know how well much it would you get got. well it got really weird because everybody's like hey you're a cop and you're going like am, am I, I a I cop a- yeah. i remember this but okay yeah. i'll play along with it like your guy wakes up with like no real knowledge so you're helping him 
get that, but everybody, nobody seems to notice this about him because you have a partner, you have all this, yeah. but he keeps having these internal conversations of like, what is this? What I do? Should yeah. I do that? So I think it was cool because it gives you a blank slate then to project whatever you want onto it to go through the story, which I think is cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I liked the gameplay experience, but once I was done with the gameplay experience, <laughs> we we pivoted and talked to the dev, and yeah. that was really that was so interesting. It was the most interesting conversation I think we had the entire yeah, pack. The I dev was yeah yeah he was a while. He, yeah, he was on a different level. Like, he wasn't just talking about, like, this is my inspiration. Like, this was, like, uh, a momentous event. Yes. It was very deep. Yes. And there was a lot of context and And a lot of meaning behind almost everything. Yeah. And it was very serious. And you did not feel, you felt the gravitas of the situation when you talked to him. Yes, you You understood that this was... This is serious serious business, my friend. Well, so it's based off of a book that was written called The Sacred and Terrible Air, is what he told us. Yes. And The Sacred and Terrible Air is the void that someone leaves when you you've basically been heartbroken so yeah. you've been heartbroken someone leaves and you turn around to tell them something and they're not there that's what this book was written about and then this game was based on that yeah. so which is such a <laughs> that's such like a Nietzsche like like oh, existential, existential right? weight but then it got even better <laughs> yeah. because then the he, song then he was talking about oh, the right. songs in it right. and what was the band that he said he i don't remember the band but the song was called waving flags yes there was, um wasn't it but like, the band was like influenced by the book yeah, and so yes. like there was this whole it was it's but like, I think the yeah. guy who wrote the book was in a band. Oh, that's what it remember? was. Remember? Yes. What it was. And he, but it, wasn't it also like a Swedish underground? British, yes. Br- it was like a British underground, like indie. It was just, it kept, it kept, it kept, it kept going. Better. The story was kept going yeah. better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that guy was, he, he was, was awesome. So intense. Yeah. He was intense. And he was like, we're not going to, you know, it's going to be the amount it's going to be. We're not sure what the price is going to be. But let's say if it's $30, it's going to be $30. It's going to be $30 forever. There's going to be no, you know, the sales, no, no. no extra sa- sales where you get 50% off. There's not going to be any like a dollar for this or $2 extra for that. It's 30 bucks. You get the game. You play the game. It's yours. Like that was what he was saying. And I was like, <laughs> you reached Nirvana. I know. I'm like, you go, oh. guy. <laughs> he was so, but he was really cool. He was so cool. I don't mean that. I yeah. none of what I'm saying. No, is no, no. He no. was just so intense yeah. in such a, a cr- like a crazy cool, character. passionate way. He was so passionate, yeah. and everything, like Grail said, everything had meaning. Yeah. Everything tied in and had purpose, and it all created this incredibly impactful game experience. Yeah, <laughs> just game. yeah. Like, like you just waiting. Like, like you know, I wrote the first draft on the indigenous tree in the center of I South know. Africa because it was, you know, where this person was born who wrote the. Like, I don't know. It was just. It was so because she left me to things. go to South Africa yeah. with like, another man. This wasn't a game made on a whim <laughs> or like that. with a little idea. Like this was a very meticulously thought out thing that has a lot of components that are all going towards the same goal, which is realizing. The book's original vision and the vision of the, de- the developer of the game. 
but it was enough. It caught me. It was yes. it was akin to like when I first played the demo for Bioshock. Like yes. it was enough to make wow. me go, I'm getting this. I'm getting that game. Wow. For sure. I'm getting this. Like there's I don't care what the gameplay even is. Like and it's a rare game where the gameplay mm-hmm. is secondary to the story. Ooh. But Bioshock has always been that way for me. And this one had that same, like, this is really interesting. I just want to play this. So I think both of us being Englishy people, yes. like, narrative and oh, story yes. in games Big. is very important yep. to me. And this game, just, like, I could, I don't think I've ever seen or could ask for a game that had more, like, all-encompassing, yeah. like, everything works for the same narrative. Like, it's all about constructing this, this atmosphere and yeah. story. It was just fantastically laid out and mm-hmm. put together. So, I again, I don't. I I got to play a very short part of the yeah. demo, and I didn't play any combat or anything. Nope. It was just all talking to people. Nope. Just walked around yeah. and talked. Just yeah. Made a couple choices. Yeah. yeah, I talked. Put to them on people, pants. Yeah. Put on pants. <laughs> yeah, I talked Important. to people before I put my shirt on. Yeah, though. and then I went back and found my shirt. Oh, that's so. Good. That's good. I did that. <laughs> I honestly also don't know what most of the gameplay is like. Nope. It's really the story and the experience yeah. that we had at the booth that has me so right, excited like, about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, yeah, as long as the gameplay is functional, really, and the story <laughs> continues to be as awesome as it is, that's perfect. Because, that's, like I said, with the comparison to Bioshock, like, I don't think the first-person shooter portion of Bioshock is the most amazing first-person shooter yeah, I've ever played. Yeah. I think it's functional. I think it plays well with the game. Game, but it's the story and the setting Absolutely. and this is the same thing here where I feel like the story and setting as long as the clicking works when I click then we're good to go then we're good as long yeah. as the pants go on and the pants and the, the pants. pants you gotta have the pants if we could bind a button to that that would <laughs> even be better just put on pants, pants, put on. pants. <laughs> you should just put the shirt on and walk yeah, around, walk around with only a shirt oh, a la perfect. Deadpool I wonder oh, if people yeah. talk to you I wonder that. There we go. That'd I wonder be awesome. if like, people would talk to you differently if you just had a shirt on. And no right. pants. Oh, well, oh this, is, yeah. this is my type of thing. Oh, yeah. You can hug people. How go can tip I be pantsless? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 ah. Ah. So, anyhow, so keep an eye out Random for that one. strangers. Ew. Uh, you can see that on, like I said, it's on Steam right now. Uh, it hasn't been released yet, but you can at least keep an eye on it. Uh, I already threw it on my wish list just to have it notify me when it's available so that was good oh the screen went black oh no we've been here for hours yep. <laughs> how long has it been okay so we got 10 minutes left uh i do want to talk about the spider-man booth now spider-man okay. was a massive game there obviously it's it was hugely featured at e3 by sony it they gave us a newspaper that's fantastic it, it it's from like the uh, daily bugle with a jailbreak and, of course, Spider-Man being blamed, I'm sure, for the jailbreak. Uh, has huge articles. It's a multi-page newspaper all about the game, which is fan- just great. The other big thing they had at the booth, though, was they had a bank of 20-some cameras. 15. 15 cameras set up. And a uh, scene like you're on top of a building, you have Spider-Man, uh, uh, you know, a... A model of Spider-Man life-size in his pose on top of one of the buildings and everybody or anybody that wanted to could go in there and do a an action like jump you know crouch whatever and all the cameras took a picture at the exact same moment and it would create a 3D image that you could rotate around and so people you jump like Spider-Man or jump like hit or anything like that 
but it was just amazing to see all the technology that mm-hmm. went into this really cool photo that we ended up taking with like five people. And that was neat. But I saw other people, you know, singles, duels. Some, I think they said at one point they had like 12 people in yeah. there. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Crazy. Yeah, we should have stayed. But there was a guy dressed up as Spider Man. Yeah, he was behind yeah. us. Yeah, stayed and watched. Yeah. His. I think we were too, like, excited and <sighs> on cloud nine afterwards trying to yep. put our emails in. See, they had a lot of people in Spider-Man costumes, and realistically, if they could have got three Spider-Mans there, they could have redone the meme where they're all pointing at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Oh, my God. That would have been the best idea. But it was a really cool booth, and as we were waiting, I actually got to watch the gameplay, and the gameplay looked really good. Like, yeah. they did not mess around. Everything they showed at E3, they now had playable demos there, and obviously it, it just got released on Tuesday, and I know some of our friends have already picked it up, because I've seen the Instagram <laughs> pictures of it, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, it looks great. Uh, I love the first Spider-Man game on the old PlayStation. Like, that was amazing when it first came out, because you're like, oh, I'm swinging around the city, and this just takes it to a whole different level. Uh, I You know, a lot going on in it, but... Uh, really cool again another just well thought out booth yeah had a really cool props really cool areas where if you didn't want to just wait to play the game you could still do stuff they they did a really good job of it it was cool to have an idea of integrating that that pic- i'm sure there's a name for that type mm-hmm. of picture but yeah i know, I know I, i'm sure there probably is yeah, picture I, it's but like a yeah. pivot picture like yeah because it's not a video. Like no. it's not a video of us jo- jumping or posing. It's the same picture. It's just from different angles yeah. around us, so it makes it three D. And it's seamless. Yeah, though. and like, it's completely. It's like put into almost like a little GIF format. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But what a cool idea for a souvenir mm-hmm. that doesn't like necessarily have to be Spider Man related, but nope. Spider Man's in your picture. Yeah. yeah. It says Spider Man on like the overlay right. they have on it. Yeah. So everybody wants to come get this freaking awesome three awesome. yeah. D picture. And give out their email. And so they can get their picture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good good way to harvest some email addresses, but at yeah. the same time, like and just get people to their booth and yeah. have them check out the game because and it was obviously popular, but again, it just kind of took it up another notch, which is yeah. great. But you know what they're doing. Like, yeah. you know what they're doing when you put your email address in. Oh, we yeah. already already yeah, know yeah. that. But this is by far, this is my second. I've got, had two times when I've been like, oh my gosh, this is the best PR yeah. marketing um, harvesting, harvesting yeah. of yeah. emails yeah. ever because everybody wants to do it. Yeah. And you know that that's what's happening and you don't care because you want to no. do it. Yep. So there's been two times where that's happened, and this is definitely one of them. This was yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, it was also kind of cool and smart how they had the line brushed up right against mm-hmm. the, the demos. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're waiting in line. You're just watching the demos. It's fantastic PR boost. Yeah. Yeah. Sony normally does a really good job with that. Um, the only other analogy I can think of is like when we went to BlizzCon. Like, Blizzard does a great job of... If you're going to be in a line, we're going to give you a lot of stuff to look at. All a lot kinds of things of to stuff. do. Yeah. And there's a lot of things to do here. Like, don't think that you're just standing in line looking at a blank wall for an hour to get to play mm-hmm. our game, which, which some boots most of the booths are set up that way. Yeah. This one was much more about like, oh, we're going to be putting stuff in front of your eyeballs because some of the lines had them go by their VR section, oh, some of yeah. their other games. So it was, it, you never had, you never were bored at least standing yeah. in any of their lines. Yeah. There was always something to keep your attention. 
It's definitely a good idea. And yeah. for those of us that don't feel like standing in four-hour lines right. so that the entire day you spend at PAX, you only see three games, we just... It's nice to be able to see other people play it and kind of get an idea of the gameplay and really just pick and choose the ones you really, really want to go for. I think that's what it comes down to, too, especially on that main floor and those those big booths, man. You choose one or two. Yep. Unless, I mean, we saw Darksiders on our media half hour and that I don't know if we were going to get into that. Otherwise. No, I know. Like there, I mean, like like you mentioned, the Nintendo booth was, was no out of control. Even that, the media half hour was no packed. Like, but I'm gonna tell you that the way they did that Nintendo booth was so freaking weird. Yeah, it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. It's like they had two lines, and they all and each line corresponded to not just a game; it corresponded to multiple games. And so you had to wait in there, even though some games were less popular than others. Like it was just not thought out that no. well which was unfortunate because yeah. they had cool stuff there they had super smash brothers uh-huh. brawl uh whatever the switch version's name is ultimate and then uh they had the let's go eevee let's go uh, pikachu and then they had diablo playable mm-hmm. for the switch there yeah. and then a smattering of other games but like you either waited in like one line which got you the pokemon stuff and some other stuff or you waited in the other line which gets you diablo and like smash brothers and other stuff so both lines were Our just world. gigantic so long <laughs> and, I, and if you wanted to see one of the least favorite yeah. games you were still gonna wait like three hours yeah. even though no one was playing the game yeah that booth was, was awful swarm. yeah yeah it was even during again during the media half hour there was no way we would right. even got in to play it then it's just it was tough. It was, and it was a cool looking booth. They had the normal Nintendo props and everything out there. It looked great, but their line management could have used a little bit of work just to get yeah. more people through, which I think is the thing we've talked about before. Like, realistically, like the other thing is watch people, like, keep the, the process moving. You really only need about five minutes for most Seriously? games yeah. to understand. You don't need to have a 20 minute yeah, demo. Just oh how God. to get, like, like even when. Uh, Vindy was playing the new Tomb Raider, an avowed massive Tomb Raider fan. You didn't need to play it that long. No, I sit down. <laughs> I'm playing a little bit. All right, I got it. Looks good. I'm gonna buy this yeah. game. Like you don't have to. Yeah. I yeah. have to wait because I'm not buying it on Xbox. Is it Xbox first? I think that's what happened with the the, uh, the newer the f- ones. Yeah. Is they come out on Xbox first, and, and then you have, you have to wait, wait a year for PC. until the PC yeah. one comes out. Or you could yeah. buy it and come over and play. Yeah, I could. Well, I mean, if I knew how to play a console game, <laughs> like you can just start playing with controllers on your computer and get <laughs> yeah. used yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But another one, the they had two only two monitors up for like Spyro. When I played Spyro, oh, yeah. there was nobody around yep. monitoring Spyro. Right. So there were people I know I waited for a long time. You think it was like an hour maybe? I would say at least a half hour, if okay. not long, considering you were like Second in line for yeah. it. Oh it's like gosh. should have been done in about fifteen minutes. Yeah. How long was that demo? There. Well, it wasn't. It, it was wasn't. just play. And oh, so people. Yeah. Sometimes you get people that are you know respectful of like eh, there's line behind me. I'm just going to play for a little bit and go. And then sometimes you get people that are like I'm just going to play this for the next hour. And that's <laughs> what somebody did yep. on one of them. Oh wow! But, like the people behind me were I. I, yeah. I remember playing Spyro as a kid, and I'm yeah. so ready for this game, this remastered edition to come out. And the people behind me were kind of in the same boat, and I knew that they were as excited as I was. So I got in. I played. A little bit of the level, I ran around, I killed some monsters, enough to see that, oh my gosh, all the sounds are the same, mm-hmm. like, which is 
it's so nostalgic. It just is so, it makes me so happy to think yeah. about. Um, uh, the monsters look great. The environment looks great. But, like, I'm, I don't need to, I don't need to play all three levels and spend half right. an hour. Yeah. Like, I'm done. Here you go. Please enjoy. You're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is so good. So, I think that some of the, the booth management this year was a little wonky. Yeah. No wonk. And, and, but, wonk, and, wonk. and like we mentioned, like, if you, if it's a triple A game, I think most people go in, you either know you're gonna buy it. Yeah. Or you're not gonna buy it. Or you're waiting on reviews, which again, you're not really, like, maybe that's worth playing it for, but usually I'm just looking at a game like, like, Life is Strange 2 is there. I'm right. a huge Life is Strange fan. Oh, yeah. I went good. up to it. Played it for maybe a minute yep. and was like, yep, looks good. Yep. There's nothing about this that has made me go, nope, I'm not buying this, so I'm good. Yep. And I don't need to sit here because it's a story game. It's going to take four hours to get right. through. And it's probably just the first episode. Like, yeah. There's no reason for me to sit here and play it. I know it's going to be great. I'll play it at home. Uh, so anyways, that, there's our moral of the story is be respectful of your other con goers when you're on a game. You know, obviously, play, if it's a time demo, play through the time. But if it's free play... Just take a look around every once in a while, see if people are waiting to play. Yeah. You can always, you know, cycle in and out. And you'll know right away if you want to buy it or yeah, not. Yeah, I think yeah. in a lot so, of games, they, the they hit course. you fast. Yeah. yeah, so the con is not really the time to spend an hour playing no. a game that you're probably going to buy anyway and play again yeah. at yeah. home. Yeah. So, anyways, this is going to wrap up our first part of our PAX coverage. I think in part two, we're going to be looking at the uh, PAX 10, yeah. which is their hand-picked uh, 10 indie games. Uh, and see what we thought of those, as well as some other uh, activities in the Indie Mega Booth, because I know we only talked about a couple games there, but obviously there were there so many. There were so many. It's and there's a couple other gems we, I, I believe, we'd like to cover. So we will catch that. And then, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So check us out on the web at uh, www.alphageekradio.com. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. You can reach us at DAXACH. Grail uh, underscore CH and Vindy underscore. And you can also find a host of other shows on the Alpha Geek Radio website. We have live streams, we have videos, we have everything under the sun. Uh, with this post, you will hopefully link up some of the videos and pictures that we yeah. talked about as well. Yeah. And so you can check those out there. Otherwise, Thank you for listening. I have been Grail. I'm Vindy. And I've been Daxa. We are out of here. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. <laughs>